This is episode 8 of Eat, Play, Sex. Here's a hot highlight for what's to come. The, the vast majority of men that suffer from any, any form of erectile dysfunction, and there's many different versions and levels of erectile dysfunction, don't have a physiological issue with their penis. There's, there's nothing wrong with their penis, and there's nothing wrong with how it's, uh, it's actually functioning, the blood flow, the vasculature, none of that is actually wrong. It's a, it's a, hormonal, it's a hormonal and mental issue. Um, the antithesis to the boner is stress hormones, right? And, and we've evolved this way because the last thing our ancestors needed when they were running away from a mammoth was a boner, right? <laughs> and so, and so, so the flight or fight response That's a really is, funny picture. <laughs> right, I mean, you could break it off, you could, you could hit a tree, you could oh trip on God. it. Oh my God, this is getting better. I just chopped down a whole forest running away from a mammoth with my boner. Exactly. Wood, uh, that redefines morning wood. Morning, yeah, exactly. And maybe that's where it comes from. Right. This podcast is for mature audiences 18 and over and for entertainment purposes only. Please contact your healthcare provider before pursuing any of our topics discussed. You're listening to Eat, Play, Sex with your Queens of Climax, Dr. Cat and Die, the place to get play, sex, and nutrition talk straight to your ears. Side effects of this podcast may include more lovemaking, hormone harmony, spontaneous sex, exceptional orgasms, less sugar cravings, and more sex cravings. In rare cases, listeners experience a strong desire to try new sexual positions and lube with organic edibles. If you experience moods happier than usual, contact your Facebook friends immediately. Kitty cat. Meow. What's going on, girl? (laughs) I don't know what what sound unicorns make, but I'm going to have to make one up. They, They go nay. They go neigh with glitter spraying everywhere. So it's like a horse neigh, but glitter. Yeah, glitter doesn't really have a noise. Wait, no. Yeah, <laughs> glitter. Have you ever gotten a glitter bomb? Where it go? No, that's, oh, that's cute. That is the sound of glitter falling. That's the sound of love making an oxytocin. Oxytocin. Yeah. The O hormone. The O hormone. And you know, the last time we spoke with someone about oxytocin um, related to love and sex, I think it was so popular that we're bringing them back. Yeah. Bring Mm -hmm. them back the O. Mm -hmm. O for O. O for O. Yeah. Oxytocin for orgasms. Mm, T-shirts. Yes. (laughs) T-shirts. O for O. I know where we could put the O's. (laughs) Yeah. That would be a really cute tank top. I don't think they let you in an airplane, though. Matching shorts. On the back. On the butt? O for the letter four, or the number four, the number four, O on the o butt. O for O. I That'd like be cute. That. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's such an important part, too, of not just our sex lives, but our love lives and our, our contentment con- and confidence in self lives. So today is going to be one of those things that you're like, how did I get even wrangled into listening to this, but realizing that it is one of the most important things that we are missing in nutrition and medicine and sex and life. everything. Life. Just life. Life. Yeah. Oxytocin is the hormone also known as the cuddle hormone. It's my favorite hormone. If I had a favorite hormone, which I do, it's the oxytocin because I love cuddles. Mm-hmm. When's the last cuddle session you were in? Um, like last night. Literally last night. last night. And it was the giantest cuddle puddle you ever did see. There was probably about, I don't know, like 40 of us. Actually, I'm exaggerating. Probably like 60. But <laughs> I, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Oh. But really, it was a lot of us. We were piled on top of each other, just like snuggled in. It was really precious. And it's all my all my closest friends. So, of course, we're all, you know, lovingly petting each other and and you know sweet talking and singing we were actually singing we were all kumbayaing together it was amazing you know what's so sad is that when i hear things like that or when i see people doing having cuddle sessions like you want to be invited okay no listen okay so like the heart part of me wants to be invited but then there's this block Um. there's this mental block and i'm like i look at that and i go uh you know, the, the fear of touch and, mm. you know, that, that, and I real I'm like, where did that even come from? Where I'm afraid to be vulnerable. Mm. And I think, okay, well, I know, 
you know, some of it stems from when we're when we're little kids and how we're touched mm-hmm. by our mother, mm-hmm. um, how we're touched by other family members, whether or not, you know, I think about my grandparents. Or I, I, I watched my grandparents not touch each other or mm-hmm. not very much PDA. And then I, I hear some people like, oh, well, you're hippies. All you guys are hippies, like, touching each other like that. And I think, no, I want to be a part of that. Yeah. You know what? I'm actually, I've heard this multiple times from not only clients who are now exploring the more sexual positive communities but even from friends who t- come to me and they're like I get anxious when there's cuddle puddles yeah I'm I mean, not kidding I do. yeah so uh, there and there's so many things that are going on there a touch is incredibly intimate and vulnerable because it's somebody who we may perceive that they're feeling everything that we're feeling yes b Touch is a sensation. So if we're already somebody who's on edge or feeling a lot of feelings, whether it's emotional or physical, or we got a lot of things going on inside our body, you know, we can't turn off. Somebody touching us can also, it can be overwhelming because it's one sensation too much more than we can handle. Mm, Yeah. That's, I never thought about like that. Dr. Cat. It's, it's like, I, I, I always explain, I talk about this in uh, life with, regard to stress and the need to love on our gut and our liver and our endocrine system so much because we have so much information in our lives and already in our minds of our past, our anxiety about our future. And it, it, maybe it's just too much information and it, and it doesn't have so much to do with the fact that we don't want to be touched. It's just too much stimulus. Well, and we're constantly in a state of contraction. <laughs> In, mm. in any day, we're in a, it, we're in a constant f- uh, fluctuation between expansion and contraction. Mm-hmm. So if we tense up, we're contracted in the body. So if we think about adding more sensation to that, it, it can be overwhelming. I can't process this sensation as well. Yeah. Um, and even on top of that, we just struggle with learning how to relax. We yeah. have trouble relaxing into another person. We have trouble relaxing into somebody else's touch. And then we've got all these mental processes going going on in her head going oh my god they're gonna touch my belly and my belly is too soft or this is gonna happen or I don't know where to put my hand or is this touch too much is this are they gonna start thinking that I'm gonna want to have sex with them if I'm cuddling with them there's a lot of it and so much. it's keeping us from actually being in the moment and enjoying all that juicy sensation yeah starting with ourselves so today we've got Kieran again to talk about oxytocin yes. as it stems from the gut, which is something that we would never think about, but we're going to go deeper <clears throat> with that. And so as a reminder, this is partly what we touched on with our interview with Kieran before, um, and he's our microbiome friend. We're going to talk about this. <laughs> now, is this you? I want you to really stop. If you're driving, if you're something and you're not paying attention, stop. Pay attention. Turn off the treadmill. Yes. Stand there. And listen. All right. There are a number of symptoms for oxytocin deficiency, including poor communication, an element of irritability and inability to feel affectionate, more anxieties and fears than normal, sexual interactions that are more mechanical just to fulfill a basic need, difficulty achieving orgasm, bigger appetite for sugar-rich foods, Mm feeling little joy from life, disturbed sleep, or muscle aches. Mm. Are any or many of those you? Now, Kat, I know that I can say, working with a lot of the clients and patients that I see, that this covers the majority of what most people come to me for. They don't come to me for one thing. It's a lot of these things. Would you agree? Do they tell you that they can't communicate? Come communicate. Communicate. Yeah. Difficulty, yeah. like brain fog-ish. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I just totally. can't convey what I feel. I can't even articulate it, let uh. alone have the confidence and courage to speak it. Yeah. I even want to add to that. Poor communication even means, if we think about oxytocin as being a cuddle hormone, if we don't, if we have a lack in that, we're going to be more internal. We're going to be more in ourselves. We have difficulty with being able to empathize and connect with and feel into other partners. So of course that's gonna impact our ability to communicate our experience to them or to understand their experience to us. 
Absolutely. So we are going to Incomes with the Cape on, Kieran Krishnan of Megaspore and Peak Biotics. Welcome to the show again, our best favorite microbiome expert. Ta-da! I was going to do that too. Yes. <laughs> Good to be back with you two. So great to hear your conversation. I love listening to you guys and thank you for having me. Yay. Oh, it's our pleasure. Literally our pleasure. So... Yeah. Based on everything that we just said, you know, what what just kicked off in your head that people need to hear about what we just said? Um, you know, so many things. So you guys um, inadvertently covered so much of of what is important about being human. Um, maybe even in many, in some ways without even realizing it, um, just all of the talk about touch and then the and then all the symptoms that you that you listed out based on. Um, which could be caused by oxytocin deficiency and and how easy it can actually be to increase your body's levels of oxytocin and i mean if you take if you if you survey 100 people i'd say 80 of them probably will suffer from at least one of the symptoms you just um listed mm-hmm. and and then one of the simplest things you can do which which uh dr cat was talking about is touch is is a huge uh, potentiator of oxytocin, which could alleviate a lot of those symptoms. So we could talk about what kind of touch and how it can be done, and doesn't always have to be sexual touch, of course. Um, you know, and that can even lead to certain complications, like you guys talked about, with a lot of anxiety involved and all that. Yeah. But there's a lot of different uh, benign, um, you know, platonic, platonic, yeah. yeah, that can be between friends, between relatives, between. Um, you know, even strangers in the street um, that can be huge potentiators of oxytocin. And, uh, and then there's many other techniques, too. They're increasing it um, even beyond that. So, so there's a lot, uh, a lot of cool stuff we can, we can delve into. Well, let's, let's, let's go let's... back a little bit with respect to, um, and I'm speaking for myself, too. I've, I've done a lot of work, you know, and this is kind of where yoga has really saved me because I had a fear of touch. Uh, I wouldn't say like an extraordinary fear that was driving my life, but it was one of those things where you think about like the hook and a lot of people where they, they're, they're, they're maybe the shame or the, the nervousness or anxiety. So even just talking about it, just touch, you know, brings me a little bit of, Oh, um, anxiety. So is which would be beneficial to start with, with addressing the gut and bacteria and making and creating more oxytocin in the gut or physical touch and maybe kind of developing a fun little protocol that we can talk about? Yeah, so I, I think um, we first have to talk about how do we get your body healthy enough to make oxytocin when, when you trigger it, right? So there's no point triggering it if your body is not healthy enough to actually make it. Um, you're just not going to get the kind of response. So I think um, in terms of the chicken and the egg story here, the, the thing that has to come first is how do we reform the gut? How do we reform our endocrine system? And what are some of the things that we need to change physiologically in order to allow our body to actually make and utilize oxytocin at the highest levels? Then we can go on to how do you stimulate oxytocin production? Mm. Uh, you know, So it, to me, that, that would be um, the most sensible way to go because you got to fix your body first. Okay. So what's you know. step one? So step one is um, your gut bacteria. So there's a significant amount of data now coming out that uh, various species of lactobacillus within the gut, within the large bowel, are actually responsible for production of oxytocin. Not only is it production of oxytocin, but it's also going to be uh, the metabolism of, of oxytocin. So one of the things that people have to understand with hormones is not only do they have to be made, but they have to be metabolized. And um, in, in the, the metabolic process is when you actually get the utility out of the, um, the hormone, or in many cases you need to get rid of too much of the hormone through the metabolic process. So they, they started studying this in autistic children. One of the things that you find uh, characteristic within autistic children is, um, is low levels of oxytocin. And the Whoa. low levels of oxytocin makes them uh, recoil from society, right? Uh-huh. That's why it's very hard for them to form bonds and very hard for them to form uh, the types of human connections that you see with kids who are not on the spectrum. 
Um, so they end up recoiling, they end up um, you know, going into their own world on the inside because they can't be out in society. And they're finding that oxytocin is a big issue here for these, for these kids. Now the other thing that is, that is a factor among all autistic kids is digestive health issues. In fact, um, in, in the vast majority of cases, the digestive health uh, symptoms show up before the autistic symptoms do. So they can now, you know, there's a, there's a researcher at uh, University of San Diego that's studying the microbiome in autism. Um, and then, <clears throat> sorry, there were a, a couple of researchers, I believe, out of Japan that are studying the same thing. You can now send them a one-year-old stool sample, and they can <gasps> tell you with a high degree of certainty, somewhere around 90%, whether or not the child is going to develop autism. Wow. Um, because it's so related to the microbiome of the child, the types of bacteria they have within the gut. Um, mm. There's very few genetic factors that have much of, much impact at all. It's all lifestyle and, and uh, the gut and what's happening in the gut bacteria. So that is the extreme um, example of what happens when you have an unhealthy gut and then leads to a deficiency in, uh, in oxytocin and then all of the symptoms that can come with that. Now, of course, the other things in autism are the depletion of serotonin, dopamine, and all that as well, which are all important to what we're talking about. Um, I don't want it to seem like oxytocin is the only thing playing a role in the condition, but, but it's a major thing. So now there are some researchers that are um, trying to use fermented foods um, that were fermented with lactic acid bacteria and and treating kids with autism with this fermented foods and they're seeing some really promising results that that we can bring them back into the social environment and and have them less um you know act acting out in that recoiling way uh where they don't form the bonds that you that kids normally do with parents or siblings or um even you know people that that are around their their home and their environment wait so, the so i have a question Sometimes mm -hmm. Diane gets really awkward and, and recoils and just weird. So if I give yes. her fermented food, will she like perk up a little bit? <laughs> I think it'll help a lot, especially like if you do it as a suppository. <laughs> Seriously? <laughs> Wait, and what kind of fermented foods are we talking about for this suppository? <laughs> Anything you want as long as it's a suppository and you're yes. doing it. And she will stop the recoiling. Uh, <laughs> I applauditory that statement. <laughs> she might more recoil from me. <laughs> Karen told me. <laughs> I know. <laughs> That's not my idea. Like, microbial disorders. This is I, what you have to do. You I, know, but it's it's fascinating. I mean, you. Uh, so we know now that the gut is involved in this in this life giving essential hormone, and we'll talk later about what all the things that oxytocin does, which is actually really phenomenal. Um, but, but the gut bacteria play a huge role. So if you have digestive disorders, if you've got your regular uh, cramping, bloating when you eat, if you have food sensitivities, meaning you're the type that says, oh, I can't eat this kind of food or that kind of food because uh, it really bothers the gut. You know, <laughs> yeah, those are all symptoms, symptoms. of some form of dysbiosis within the gut. Okay. And, you know, and at that point, it could be just that symptom, but but it, there's a good chance that that's going to lead into further problems like deficiency in production of ox oxytocin. So, you know, first things first, got to fix the gut. And then the question becomes, well, how do you fix the gut? Um, well, there's a few things that you can do that are, that are um, fairly basic, and most people can do them. One is take a good probiotic. A good probiotic is one that will survive through the gastrointestinal system, that will get to the colon, that will get to the small bowel and make actual changes to the microbiome. We work with the, um, with the spore-based probiotics and we've been able to show that they actually create a functional change in the microbiome. So that's a really positive thing. That's a, that's a great, great start to fixing the gut. Then the next part is diet. Um, diet diets high in, in saturated and processed fats actually have been shown to reduce the production of oxytocin. Wow. And obesity is related to reduce oxytocin production. So, ha so losing weight, changing the diet, increasing fiber, increasing plant-based phytonutrients, uh, increasing both soluble and insoluble fiber, 
getting some lean protein, those are all really important things to reform the microbes within the gut, increase the production of things like short-chain fatty acids, and increase the production of hormones like dopamine, serotonin, and of course, oxytocin as well. And then as you're doing that, if you are overweight, the weight will start to come down, and then that in itself will increase the utility and production of oxytocin because the studies have confirmed, like I mentioned, obesity is related to low levels of oxytocin production. Mm. I see. God, there's so much I want to say. There's so much I want to say with what you just you listed there, because I know people are probably you know we talked about the symptoms of what you might if you if you have these issues you may be oxytocin deficient. Um, I hear that you know the chicken or the egg thing. I also see that today a lot of women uh, or just parents aren't spending much time touching their child, like you said. Uh, giving them the microbes, the healthy bacteria, and you mentioned the term dysbiosis. Just so you guys know what dysbiosis means is there's more good or more bad bacteria than good bacteria. We want more good guys. And of course, antibiotics is one perfect way to create that awful scenario where you've got more bad guys than good, even though we're told by doctors, oh, just, you know, get rid of this um, whatever infection by using antibiotics. So I want to talk about two things right now, Kieran, because this is these are two things I see super common that mm-hmm. I mean, I perceive potentially could be a reason why oxytocin levels are so low and people have anxiety to, to connect, touch, um, make love, have orgasms, et cetera, because I know a lot of men since we started the show have been saying I have a lot of anxiety around um, sex, orgasming, connection, uh, yeah. for sure. Um, and we'll get deeper into that with our other shows. But for now, I do want to make sure that we're addressing the, the easier things which would be getting more gut bacteria into your colon, um, good ones, making, you know, reversing this dysbiosis. So I want to talk about two things. Number one, and this is a selfish question too, because I, I, my mom, even though she says, oh, we touched you a lot as a little kid when you were a baby, but my mom has an anxiety over touch. That, does, that gets passed down. And I, so I want to talk about that. And then I would love to talk about antibiotics too and how that is definitely destroying our oxytocin um, in the gut. So we'll start with number one. What can someone do if they were raised by or someone who has a fear of anxiety around touch um, or themselves, um, they didn't get touched that much as a child, maybe not much attention. So mm-hmm. let's address that one first. Okay, so uh, that's, that's a great question. And in fact, I go back to my, uh, for those people that don't know, I, I grew up in India, and, and for this, to help answer this question, I'll have to go back to my old gurus and sadhus in India that, that you know, have been around for thousands of years and they spend all their lives meditating. They, among the gurus in India, the people, the, the ultra-religious, um, you know, uh, people that are trying to reach enlightenment, um, they, they, they do a practice called Abhyanga. Abhyanga is a self-massage technique, and they've been doing this for thousands of years, knowing that there are huge physiological benefits to it. So, for example, all you have to do is sit down uh, for 15 minutes, 20 minutes a day maybe, get some oil, and apparently certain types of uh, fragrant essential oils are important. So, let's say you love the scent of lavender. Right. There's something about the scent of lavender that really just you love that scent. Use a lavender based oil and massage your own legs. So just mm. sit there on the couch and put oil on your thighs and and in uh, in an up and down and circular motion to just massage your own thighs. Um, and in fact, there's there's two things working here. Number one, studies have shown that olfactory stimulation through sense through scents that you really like actually do help increase oxytocin and then the touch with oil uh, does it in a huge way Uh, in fact there are some studies that show that um, you actually increase oxytocin by about 30 percent oh my god wow with a with like a 25 minute massage with oil and it can be yourself or having someone else do it and it reduces things like adrenocorticoid hormone which is a major stress hormone by over 24%. Oh. Wow. So I t- often tell my women to, after they get out of showers, to do that with coconut oil because it helps them to drop down into their bodies and reclaim mm-hmm. their bodies, whether it's um, uh, as a result of losing that from from over stress or working or sexual trauma or this, that, or the other, but it helps them to really drop down into their skin. 
I recommend that Absolutely. too for cellulite yeah, and beauty. Yeah. <laughs> See, and that and that's you know, and, and they've been doing it. If you look at these uh, gurus who who are, their whole goal is trying to reach this kind of what what we call moksha in in uh, Sanskrit. They're trying to reach this state of enlightenment in the brain, and oxytocin plays a really important role in doing that. So they've been doing this for thousands of years without, of course, knowing the biochemistry behind it. But one of the things that can happen is if you're not being touched enough as a child, then that touch is really important to trigger your pituitary, your pituitary glands to release oxytocin. Instead, you get a lot of release of adrenocorticoids, so it, yeah. you actually end up with releasing more stress hormone than the happy hormone or the, or the bonding hormone. And that's why you can actually end up with an, with an, an anxiety or an aversion to touch mm. um, almost. But you can reverse that yourself. I know it'll be hard for some people to, to go and just start having someone else touch them. So you can actually do this to yourself. And you know most people wouldn't think, I'm not gonna give myself an oil massage. Well, do it. You know, this, there, There's actually evidence to show that shows that it has a huge impact. But again, use a scented oil that you like and that smells good, and then you can listen to music that you like while you're doing it, because the other thing is auditory um, stimulation also has been shown to increase oxytocin. So you, you've got like an oxytocin trifecta going on there between the smell, the, the, the auditory side with listening to music, and then doing the massage to yourself if you do this. 15 to 20 minutes a day in your own little space. Um, it'll go a long way to alleviating that anxiety from touch, mm. uh, you know, and, and, and bringing the, your, your pituitary glands and your gut's ability to produce oxytocin back up. Karen, I want to know, and I think all of our listeners want to know, what kind of songs are on your sex playlist? Oh, that's <laughs> Yeah, that's a good question. You know, I, I, uh, I'm still kind of stuck in high school with that. Um, in, in high school, it was a lot of boys to men. Yes. Oh, my God. And that was I'll my make first love one. to you. Exactly. Like you want me to. I, I would say if, if, um, if you heard my, um, my sex playlist, it would probably be a lot of boys to men. Oh. And like, <laughs> you know, early 2000s and, and late 90s kind of slow yes. R&D. Oh, it's so good. Sexy. I love it. Baby Yay. making music. I love it. Totally. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. And so you were you were just talking a lot about um, boosting oxytocin and and the and the steps we can do you know, as a female. Now I, I'm going to speak for for men. Not, just from the standpoint of what I hear from also a lot of women, and Kat can probably add to this too. But I feel like there's a lot of women are pretty courageous now when it comes to stepping forward and 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 speaking their mind about what it is that they desire um and i and and there's this era now where men don't know what to do with women who are this sure of themselves and they kind of also do the same thing they they contract they retreat they they don't they're a little bit afraid to speak their mind and i feel like there's a lack of connection there even though everybody wants to feel love everybody wants to be love everyone wants to attract love but I feel like there's this from the men's side too that, that they could use a little bit of love. So we just talked about women. What can men do and how will that benefit them in the bedroom? Oh, that's a, that's a great question. So um, men, and in fact, there, there's scientific evidence for this, that listening actually helps uh, increase oxytocin production. Wow. So, so being. I'm sorry. Uh, sorry. What'd you say? Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So that's you know one of the things that men aren't are really not good at. If I can make a generalization, is that you know being that that empathetic ear to people, um, whether it's their friends or whether it's their their girlfriends, wives, um, wh- whoever it may be. It, Having that capability to to be patient, listen, and be empathetic actually has a huge um, potentiator, is a huge potentiator of oxytocin. Now, the other thing that they can do, in, in, if we're talking about in interaction with other with people, is giving. Um, there, there's some evidence now that actually giving, like you know, any kind of treating people, like taking people out to dinner or um, buying things, so just being generous in some way, donating money, actually can also increase oxytocin because it, it forces a bonding um, type of uh, brain mapping in the, in the body. 
and then men can do the whole self massage thing as well you know that that works equally well with with men it's not um, exclusive to any any one sex so they they really have to you know men really have to kind of engage with their body's ability to feel uh, pleasure without the ultimate goal of just ejaculation yeah I you love know that. that's the biggest uh, biggest fault that men uh, end up having is that Typically, the goal of sexual encounter is to ejaculate when there's so much more uh, beyond that. And in fact, I've talked to guys and even guy friends before, and I say, you know what? Actually, the first couple times you're with somebody, don't even allow yourself to get there. Uh huh. You know, like just like just canoodle a little bit. Um, you know, you're just just do some massage, do some cuddling, do kissing. All kinds of things, all kinds of stimulation without the goal and without, uh, and actually with the specific goal of not ejaculating, not reaching orgasm. I so love that you t- that you say that because that also reduces anxiety for performance or anxiety absolutely. surrounding ejaculation or erections. Absolutely, and you know, being a guy, I I even know the like the moment you start with physical activity, the moment you start kissing and doing all that you're thinking like 70% of your brain is focused on your penis. Um, <laughs> the it other is. head. It's, you know, it's, it's like kissing with one and a half eyes open and you're looking down at your penis and wondering what it's doing and now it's going to do its <laughs> hey, job. how are you right? doing down there? How are you, how are you, <laughs> how are you hanging? Are you, are you ready not. to play? You know, what like, are you, are you ready to go? <laughs> uh, it, it's, it's like this, like, um, it, it's like this uh, buddy relationship as if it's a separate entity um, and, and you're worried about how it's going to do its job, right? And, hey, bro, and, how you doing? <laughs> dude, come on, dude. Get it off. Literally. Off. What's your Wake point? Up, dude. Yeah, well, you know, so at the end of the day, we, I think men have to disconnect from that goal of, of being this amazing porn star and ramming away at a, at a woman for 15, uh, for 50 minutes and then ejaculating this massive, um, you know, load when <laughs> really they should be focusing on all of the pleasures that go along with it, uh, way before that, that climax happens and enjoying the whole uh, process of it, all the sensations. Yes, absolutely. The bonding and the, the, the feeling and the touching. And, and if they can make, if they can make a concerted effort to not, um, try to ejaculate in the first couple times, they'll find that they, they have much better experiences going down the road with that person. Okay, I have to ask this now too because I, I, I can hear a lot of men already probably thinking, well, gosh, then how do I how do I naturally just want to listen? How do I naturally just want to give? Because I, there's a lot of people who have scar tissue around past experiences with being hurt and I never want to be hurt again. So um, they've developed these blocks. And so it's like, how can they just baby step toward this where they naturally want to be more giving and it, it becomes more part of their nature? Yeah, um, you know, and I, and I think baby, like you said, baby stepping is a key, like doing a small little thing every single day, um, you know, making sure you're holding the door open for the person behind you. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a simple gesture that, you know, a lot of people forget. And, and that goes a long way because, you know, eight, eight out of 10 times that person that you're holding the door for is going to say thank you. We know that compliments and, and gratitude from other people are one of the things that can trigger oxytocin release as well. You know, and so doing things, if you, if you will, even just to elicit a thank you or gratitude from somebody else in a selfish way is still going to achieve the same goal. You know, like like you don't have to be completely altruistic, right? You don't have to be like, oh, I'm a saint and all I care about is helping other people. No, do it for selfish reasons. Say, I want to help this other person because it makes me feel good. And they're going to be so grateful and their smile and their, uh, gratu- their, their gratitude towards me is going to make me feel good. So I'm doing it for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, so that's another way to frame it for them. And let me say one more thing to all my ladies out there. Please allow yourself to receive. Don't block people mm-hmm. who are trying to give to you because yeah. look how it's benefiting them. So let people Absolutely. do things for you. Absolutely. You know, and, and in our society, we've developed these like um, arbitrary rules where 
you go out, well, you take a woman out to dinner, and, you, and you're expected to pay for it, and, and I'm totally fine with that. I, I'm, I'm um, old-fashioned in that way, but but the reason it, that came about was because of the, the the way the different sexes communicate with one another. You know, the the male has, um, you know, back in the day, in the, in the hunter-gatherer days, being more physically dominant, the male had more provider kind of uh, capabilities, and the and the the woman had more um, nurturing capabilities. So that you translate that, you know, uh, two and a half million years later, and it comes down to dinner, and then the bill comes, and the guy pays for dinner. So um, even though it can seem chauvinistic, it can seem old-fashioned. There is a um, an element of um, biochemistry involved. In, in benefit for him to do that if that's what he's naturally inclined to doing mm-hmm. you know so so that that so those are things to think about because there's there's biology behind a lot of these behaviors that we find to be somewhat innate mm-hmm Okay, I want to I want to close up the gap with the two women you know with both women and men uh, because I do know a lot of men lately who have had issues um, getting hard and, and even coming to the point of ejaculation. And so I did want to note a study that I, I, I had um, dug up when it came to oxytocin, because when, when Dr. Kat and I first came with this topic, we're like, we can't find anything on oxytocin um, related to the gut, related to health, related to orgasm. There's just not much out there. And that's why we reached out to you, because we knew that we could get straight to the point with the gut and address a lot of issues because so many people are taking an individual drug or over-the-counter for each one of the symptoms that we started this show with. And rather than chasing symptoms, we want to get to the root of issues. So we know that one of your top um, securities, men, we get that, that you take pride in being able to pleasure your partner and to finish, which we just talked about. It's not, shouldn't always just be about that, but women make it, men want to make you happy. So um, there is this study that we talked about, and I'm going to get into the science and into the gut. Um, so people have this major takeaway, um, that gut health is extraordinarily important and that oxytocin, this one hormone is extraordinarily important for love, connection, sex, and fertility. Um, so what, we, what they found in the study is that oxytocin injected into the cerebrospinal fluid causes spontaneous penile erection in rats. Yes. Go rat, mm-hmm. rat hard on rats is in men rats or like rats with tails (laughs) yeah i think they were just rats with tails in this study the furry ones Uh, but what that did is it reflected actions in the brain and the hypothalamus specifically and in the spinal cord which what that means is it shows that the love hormone oxytocin can have a huge role to cause erection during sexual arousal oxytocin equals Ejaculation. Bonus. Yes. Oxytocin, oxytocin equals orgasm. Wait, I like the way that Karen said boners. Do it again. <laughs> oxytocin, oxytocin equals boners. <laughs> so what they found is that, that oxytocin increases sexual receptivity and can counteract impotence. Now, I know, for example, my roommate, and he's very you know, candid about this, went to the store and bought this over-the-counter, basically amphetamine, that, yes, it worked to stimulate blood flow in his penis. But, of course it did. Yeah, but he had sex for hours. She was in pain. He didn't sleep. And it was just an off. And he returned the product. And I said, listen, you got to hear this episode that we've got with Kieran on oxytocin and how that is what truly what will get you your say the word oh, er. <laughs> so well, Karen- yeah you know that that's such a it's such a great point to bring up because the the vast majority of men that suffer from any any form of erectile dysfunction and there's many different versions and levels of erectile dysfunction don't have a physiological issue with their penis there's there's nothing wrong with their penis and there's nothing wrong with how it's uh, it's actually functioning, the blood flow, the vasculature, none of that is actually wrong. It's a, it's a hormonal, it's a hormonal and mental issue. Um, the antithesis to the boner is stress hormones, right? And, and we've evolved this way because the last thing our ancestors needed when they were running away from a mammoth was a boner, right? Uh-huh. And so, and so 
So the flight of fight response. That's a really is, funny picture. <laughs> right. I mean, you could break it off. You could, <laughs> it could hit a tree. You could oh trip on God. it. Right? This is getting better. I just chopped down a whole forest running away from a mammoth with my boner. Exactly. <laughs> wood. Uh, that redefines morning wood. <laughs> morning. Yeah, exactly. And maybe that's where it comes from. Right. Um, but see, the moment they they engage in sexual activity, and actually, it's not even the moment. It's 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 hours before they potentially can engage in sexual activity. They're already thinking about their boner and whether or not they can get it up. And that thought alone creates the release of stress hormones, and stress hormones work against oxytocin. So you can never in your body have high levels of oxytocin and high levels of stress hormone. It's one or the other. Yes. Right. And so um, they work antagonistically in that in that sense. And so um, when you when you take the the focus away from the penis and what the penis is going to do, what it's supposed to do and so on. And you should communicate this with your partner, you know, so that it's not like a performance thing. It's it's an experience together. You know, it, it should be communicated with the person that you're engaging with um, and and really kind of look at all of the other things that you can do together, which there are many, many things, outside of just trying to get a boner and trying to ejaculate. Um, and then, before you know it, all of a sudden you're gonna have the biggest raging boner ever. And, uh, <laughs> and you'll be very, very happy, because like you said, once you bond with that person and you, and you experience that kind of bonding, that releases oxytocin, and that's instant boner. <laughs> boner and bondage. Boner and bondage. This makes me think of like the discussion we were having earlier with our penis. Hey, bro, you raging down there. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I mean, the thing is, what you want is you don't want to talk to your penis. You want your penis to talk to you. Yes. You want, right? You want to ignore him and you want to focus on the woman and um, or, you know, the man, whoever you're with. And and then as you're 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 so into the other person and what's going on. Um, that your penis is all of a sudden like, hey, what about me? I'm ready to go. You know, then your mm. your penis is like, dude, um, get me involved in this whole shenanigans. Okay, so I'm I'm hearing the let's get to the point. Um, people going, well, you know what? I mean, and we've got many points in this show, so not not saying that we're what we're talking about now is not important, but I I feel like people are now going, all right, tell me what to do. Like I'm inspired, so. There's, we've talked about like taking a good probiotic. We've talked about eating foods that are good for your gut. This is probably a foreign concept to some people. So if we can knock out a few of the like the heavy hitters, like these are the must do kind of non-negotiables um, in order to have the best boners, the best like um, also for women being able to get wet, being able to welcome in a partner. So let's talk about like the heavy hitters, non-negotiables, um, and then maybe just like the one definite must do that's easiest for people to do like the biggest easy to do really huge impact and then a few other things so that they can have like they can be love attract love and make more love yeah so um let's let's focus uh, let's bring it down then the 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 biggest thing is is touch um still the studies show that um that touch human touch um and then and then in some cases with oil as well increase your your oxytocin higher than than almost anything else mm -hmm. um so if you're you know like we talked about before if you have an aversion to touch then do it yourself use your own oils use your own scented oils listen to good music and massage yourself um, once a day at least every day and try to make that a routine if not go for massages uh, go for therapeutic massages those can actually have a, a, a really important um, role in increasing oxytocin and reducing stress hormones. So that's mm -hmm. that's one really important thing you can do. And then the other thing is with your friends and all that, um, just be more affectionate. You know, even among guys, a lot of times guys don't like to hug each other and stuff. But even among guys, just give each other a big hug when you see your friends actually makes a huge difference in your in your levels of oxytocin within the body. Mm, I love uh, so that. I, I want to add in there, especially with the massages, I can speak personally for myself. Going to a healing masseuse helped me to recondition my body to accept touch 
whereas before I uh, freaked out at the at the sensation of touch so I highly recommend that in helping people who are aversive to touch absolutely so that's that's one big thing and 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 then this the next one is fixing the body's physiological uh, systems that produce and utilize oxytocin so if you are overweight then it becomes important to reduce excess weight because studies do show that obesity does trump the production and utilization of oxytocin so that becomes a physiological barrier that that you have to that you have to minimize um, and then the other benefit of it is exercise has been shown to stimulate oxytocin production Ooh. so so exercise not only is going to increase oxytocin production but also going to go a long way of helping you lose weight it's exercise so, <laughs> exactly or jazzercise um, <laughs> depending on uh, where you are in the country um, and 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 then um, you know, and then and then eating right. So when you, when you're eating, I mentioned saturated fats. So um, eating an excessive amount of saturated fats or sugars seems to inhibit the production of oxytocin because it limits the the oxytocin type uh, producing microbes uh, from their function within mm-hmm. the gut. Those microbes really love uh, soluble and insoluble fibers. And well, clarification. Oh, uh-huh. Um, on soluble, on clarification on saturated fats, would that also mean that even things like coconut oil, or are we talking about more bad saturated fats? You know, yes. The the worst the saturated fat is the the you know in terms of more oxidized it is, the more processed it is, the worse uh, it has an impact. But even excessive amounts of coconut oil um, can cause the same kind of inflammation that leads to um, the suppression of these types of hormone production. Okay. Uh, and a lot of people, you know, like coconut oil can be good for you, but a lot of people go crazy with it, yep. right? Anything <laughs> that's good for you, people kind of go nuts with it. And yep. I would say if you if you like coconut oil, lean more towards using more of the MCT portion because the long chain fatty acids in coconut oil, um, the lauric acids and all that are more inflammatory than the medium chain. The medium chain actually hasn't been shown to be inflammatory at all. Mm-hmm. So if you want if you want a good fat that, that burns like uh, for fuel or burns like sugar for fuel, um, use the MCT oil. The MCT oil is a, is a fantastic version of fat. Um, and then, uh, you know, increase the fiber intake and something as simple as taking your fiber up to around eight grams a day, which actually is not that much fiber within a, within two weeks can completely change your metabolic and hormonal response in your body. You're saying take eight grams, eight grams more than where they're at now. Yeah. Well, you want to achieve a minimum of eight grams. Right. Most people are around three or four grams. Right. In a typical Western diet, you know. Right. Um, the, there was a study that showed that eight to twenty-one grams, and and the more you take closer towards the twenty-one grams, the more benefit you saw, um, would would totally change your metabolic and hormonal system in a two-week period. Yep. So yep. so you could see significant changes in how your body responds to sexual encounters and all that. By just taking fiber, yeah, for 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 two weeks. Because like one know, of the so. things that I learned from you is that it, the consumption of fiber is the prebiotics that feeds the probiotics, which is the good gut bacteria. When and when those probiotics in the gut, the healthy guys eat the prebiotics, which is the fiber, they release vitamins and becomes like a you know a vitamin warehouse in there. So you don't you're not as vitamin deficient in many areas. So that's another big part of vitamin D. It's vit- I always say vitamin D is vitamin dick <laughs> for <laughs> for guys anyway. Um, <laughs> right, exactly. You know, and and they have to also remember that oxytocin is a um, is a hormone that's produced uh, by protein. Uh, your body needs certain amino acids in order to produce oxytocin itself. So if you're not getting enough protein absorption, if you're not eating a good variety of protein sources, you're not going to have enough of the amino acids that your body needs to even produce the hormone. Yep. Um, and same with the bacteria in your gut. So. You want to make sure that your digestive system is healthy enough to break down and assimilate the proteins that you're consuming, and then and then eat a variety of proteins. You know, don't just eat uh, chicken every day, and um, you know, don't don't just eat a singular source of proteins. You need to get some proteins from legumes. You need to get some proteins um, from from plant-based sources, from from lean meats and things like that. Um, so you you have to vary your protein intake because each different protein source has different distribution of amino acids. And you need all these really interesting amino acids to make the the, the oxytocin itself. 
So and then and then take an effective probiotic because none of that stuff can happen effectively within your gut. The the utilization of fiber, the breakdown and, and assimilation of protein and all that, none of that can happen un, unless your microbiome is healthy. And one of the one of the great ways of, of shifting the microbiome is taking an effective probiotic. Absolutely. Um, you know. Yep. Probiotic, and- fiber, massage, uh, those three things alone. Um, can really make a big difference in people's lives. Then you can add in even fun things. There's been a study that shows that um, you know about 35, 40 minutes of dancing increases your oxytocin by about 11%. Yes. I win. I do that every morning. Yeah. You do? Yeah, <laughs> yeah awesome. in my so just... kitchen. <laughs> Absolutely. Do it naked. Ooh, all right. I'm, uh, so, I so... am buying spy um, equipment now so I can uh, spy on your oh my God, morning Karen, that's routine. that's so creepy. Kids. Don't do that. <laughs> creepy in a hot way. <laughs> so but I, only, if you're, only if you invite me. It's yeah. consensual. Yes. As we, as we talk about in pretty much every show. So I wanted to let you all know that we, um, we do believe that probiotics are critically important. Uh, gut health um, is is paramount. So um, I put a little coupon code for you guys below in the description so that you can get a discount if you want to try some probiotics. Yay. Yep. So um, and hopefully it's still available by the time you listen to this show. But I want to plant a seed and int- pun intended that uh, Karen and I are doing a, a series for the she biome uh, and, and definitely talking about the disaster that an- antibiotics has to the body and how it can create yeast infections and um, all kinds of inflammation and our beautiful lady parts, uh, and also, of course, for men, but this one is going to be specifically geared toward the women. So, Karen, thank you so much for being on the show. Um, I love him. Yeah. Always a pleasure. Always a pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. We wish we can give you a group hug right now so we can stimulate oxytocin for us and let Care Bears shoot it all around the world, but we'll just give you a big (laughs) cyber hug now, um, and hopefully this will get more people to have more sex, make more love, because sex... Matters. matters don't forget if you guys haven't yet to head on over to our itunes and leave us a review make sure to share with all of your lovers because the only way that we can get the word out is through your word of mouth and if this is helping you, you have any questions make sure to submit that on eatplaysex.com we love you all Mwah. thanks for tuning in lovers don't forget to subscribe to our channel you can find out more about our guests and topics from our show by checking out katmeyer.com or diankazer.com Until next time, don't forget to nourish your sex life.